Music Talk brings you Kelly Stoltz. He's a new dad and he's got a new record. It's called The Stylist. But before we get into The Stylist, we revisit his first album, Antique Glow. The third man did a reissue of Antique Glow right. as well in the interim. Right. First, before we get to the new album, what do you, uh, when somebody does a reissue like that, how much, you as an artist, what do you, how do you feel about that? Looking back at an album, is it like kind of? Um, I was, yeah, I, uh, I was grateful because it was my first record and it was, I only did 300 of, and there was always seemed to be kind of a demand for the record. Um, you know, the, the, the covers were hand painted they were all different and, um, (laughs) you know, not as an intention to make it a collectible item, but just that was cheaper. I couldn't afford to get paper ones printed. (laughs) So, you know, I went to the, my, my favorite record stores and the thrift stores and took old covers and painted over them. And so they kind of took on a a piece of art and a, you know, and it was hard to find and it was my first thing. So anybody who's been interested in what I've done since always kind of wanted to get their hands on one and they just weren't around. So, um, Ben, uh, Blackwell, who's one of the owners of third man, uh, played in the dirt bombs for many years. Um, and as a, uh, a good friend of mine and it's been a longtime supporter of mine since that record. Uh, he's played drums for me on a tour or two. Um, he's just done a lot for me. He, uh, you know, it, we realized that, Hey, it's, it's been 20 years since it came out and, um, you know, let's do it. So, um, right. I had downtime, uh, in the lockdown period where I wasn't traveling or doing much or feeling particularly creative. So it was a good time to, you know, find the right uh, plug to turn on hard drives from 2002 and, right. <laughs> you know, see if I had the right connector ca- dongles oh, that were God. necessary to uh, turn on this old technology and find stuff. And um, so I did the best I could. I, I, I was using a lot of, I was using an eight track tape machine in those days. And unfortunately I plugged it in and it was making just a terrible sound. And it was like, well, who, who's going to, who will fix this? And I've got to get this right. stuff done. So I think there were probably some gems that were not unearthed that were on reels of ah, tape. Okay. And I just unfortunately oh, didn't have a lot of time to excavate as far as I would have liked. But um, the process was fun. It was interesting to hear songs that I'd forgotten about and to kind of see, um, you know, what I was, uh, I obviously let's, I just listened to the birds that day. So I would try to make (laughs) a jangly song and I'd listen to Captain Beefheart that day. And so I sang a certain, a different way. It was obvious that I was still learning who I am and what to do. I still am, you know? Um, uh, So it was neat to look back at yourself at 27, 28 years old when it was all just a dream. And I, I honestly thought at that time, this is, if I, if I don't make anything else, I will have made a one piece of uh, an LP yep. and all the bands I loved. I was a record collector as a kid, so I would have mine up on the rack, just like yours and just like mine. And <laughs> yeah. if nothing else happened, I had that. 
And yeah, yeah, that yeah. was really that was really the the goal at that time was just I just want to have a record of my own to look at the grooves and hold and you know, and <laughs> um, so here we are twenty some years later and it still sounds good. The record's good. There's of course parts like anything that you look back and go, oh, I wish I would have that lyric. I know what I'm trying to say and I should have said it this way or right, right, right. Well, well, (laughs) you just, it's, it's over and done. And, and, uh, it was nice because, you know, when I sent it off to get made on record, I don't think I had it mastered. I didn't know that anything about it. So right, right. What what does that mean? (laughs) I think that I took the reels of tape and went to my friend's studio and put them all in sequential order on another tape and sent that off. Right. And so I remember getting the record back and thinking, gee, I really have to turn the volume knob up like twice as loud as any of the, you know, it's not, it doesn't sound like Steely Dan. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, and I don't think I got it mastered. So Mikey Young mastered it. And so I think it sounds a little better. And um, the packaging that they did was just great. I mean, they spared no expense and made like right. 10 different, 10 different covers uh, of the, paintings that I cool. some of the ones I kept because I like too much to sell so they're right. kind of you never know which one you're going to get kind of has like a baseball yeah. card thing where it's they're different right. art in, inside and it's a double record so there's four different sleeve possibilities and has a big open windowed front so you can kind of put your own favorite painting in the front and um, so they did just a great job with that with yeah. the artwork so, so it's not remastered it's finally mastered I firstly, ma- yes, it's the master. Yes, it's fi- it's been mastered. Yes, exactly. I like that. Not remastered. Yeah. So, uh, and I think Mikey did a good job, as he always does, and and it kind of brings a little more brightness right. to the record. Okay. So you know, it was I was doing that, and in the spare time, as as always, trying to write songs, and I think uh, most of the stylist album was early twenty twenty late 2019, early 2020, mid 2020, um, you know, my touring and everybody's had ended. So I had a lot of time in the studio and uh, kind of finished it up. And then, of course, all the supply issues and the the vinyl pressing plant conundrum really kicked in. And um, for the first time, uh, I was really affected by by that in a way that, oh, this could have come out six months ago it's been ready right. since, since like june 2020 uh but you know eight three months to get the art done and everything and then you got to send it off and it sits for eight months so here we yep. are almost a year after it's been done and uh and and there it is so, you know so is it hard to kind of reconnect with it or think of it as a a, a current thing because you've probably written a ton of other songs since then now i'm guessing yeah you know it's like uh i have have written some um but really i finished that and and i was my tank was empty i had nothing and for the first time in my life i was going in the studio and i was kind of not interested i had a lot of like maybe i'll never write another play you know maybe (laughs) you know it was like barton fink or something i i just didn't think uh I, I don't know. I, where is it? And I, I, I've been through this enough times to know it's a cyclical thing. Yeah. And uh, you get off the, 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 you lose your spirit for a while and it, and it comes back. Um, but 
it was not coming back. And I, I think a lot of that was I was not, I had no social life. I wasn't in, engaged in conversation where I might pick up a line from a friend or somebody. Or right, somebody right, right. Yeah. And think that I can write a song about that. And, and so much of it is I get a lot of external uh, lyrical ideas and things from conversation with people. So, um, you know, being trapped, I mean, my partner has a lot to say, but, uh, you know, I've, I've already picked all the titles out of it. So what else, you know, yeah, I needed, I had nothing. And, uh, so it was, it was difficult, uh, in the middle, maybe about this time last year was really a dry spell for the first time in my life and wondering, you know, well, should I make some other kind of music? Have I, have I conquered rock and roll in a four, four format of aping sixties and, and eighties bands that I liked and, Yep. Have I done, I mean, is there any, what have I got to prove, you know? And uh, so, so that all kind of went away for a while, but it's, it's sort of creeped back here in the last few months. And I, I think a lot of that is having the kid uh, yep. who was born in the end of April. And suddenly I don't have all the freedom of in the world and all the time in the world. And so I go in and, and um, just kind of get to work. I have a little three hours where I'm allowed to go sneak off and, and do my stuff and I'm just getting right to work and, and finishing things. I was having a hard yeah, time yeah, yeah. finishing anything. And I think yeah. that was all of us floating in this timeless, when's this going to end? We don't, there's no end to in sight. And yep. so um, it affected me on, on my own life. I just didn't have a, a desire to finish anything. Right. And uh, um, so I'm kind of, Part of that cycle I was talking about where you get on and get off your inspiration, uh, I always find that I make a bunch of stuff and I, and while I'm doing it, I'm going, this is all shit. And you know, when are the good ones going to come? And often (laughs) I write a few good ones and I go back to those ones that were no good. And once it's six months later, you go in the same way with the antique glow. I see what I'm trying to see. Here's the lyric. I meant, or this is the guitar yep. part I need. And so I've been able to kind of go back and find some, some things from the last year that weren't so bad. And it's kind oh. of got me going again. So uh, happily, um, I've seemed to have fought through the block and I'm on the other side mm-hmm. of that. And of course, once a uh, little Dion starts talking, there's a whole another uh, place to get inspiration from. I'm sure. I think so. Well, I've got her on the record screaming, uh, at one point <laughs> and, uh, she's really good at that. So I had a, uh, a lyric that was conducive to a baby's cry in the back. And, and so she makes her first little, uh, appearance on one of the new songs. I wonder if that was Dion, uh, Donovan's inspiration for goo, 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 grab a jackal. <laughs> it, it must be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So now I've seen you've done a video for Your Name Escapes Me. So let's yes. talk about that song and we'll show a little bit of the video for the folks who are watching. Sure. That's I, that's a, one of my favorite songs I've ever made. Uh, I just like a lot 
everything about it. I like the lyrics. I like the guitar sounds. Um, I tried my entire life to write a song like Video Life by Chris Bedding uh, that has this little kind of clang, a chorusy guitar line, and I feel like uh-huh. I did it with that song. It's got some major and minor. I like the mood of it. I like the, you know, the message. And uh, yep. so I'm real, really happy with that. We're playing that in the new uh, concerts here next week. And um, it sounds really good. And so I, uh, that was an obvious choice as a first single. Um, and I have a friend, Meryl, who uh, lives in San Francisco. And she's a, a friend of mine. And her husband played drums for me for years. And um, she just was doing these kind of cool animations on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, she was making them on MS Paint or some very yeah. basic thing and i was like wow these are so cool you know and uh bright and colorful and i thought that would be a really slam dunk easy you know rather than me doing another um lip sync in a moody dark room in my on my phone as and making iMovie videos as i've done in the past uh i think the song deserves something good so i think she really made a beautiful video and very happy yeah. Now another one I want to touch on is our. I know you you get referred to for Big Star and uh, the Birds and all that, but and I noticed Harry Nilsson was being mentioned. And I was listening for the Harry Nilsson, and then it finally hit me on My Island, which is oh, the last track. Okay. Where you think. I was like, ah, right. there it is. <laughs> so tell me about that one a little bit. It's uh, the, my island. Has, there's no mention of coconuts uh, right. or, lime. <laughs> or lime. No mention of lime. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know where that song came from. I guess um, you know it's somewhere b- between Harry Nelson and you know if you want a pina colada song. I mean, it's got that kind of uh, Rupert Holmes uh, thing going. Excuse me. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Uh, I just, it just came out. I, I have no idea. But um, My Island, maybe it's an environmental song about the okay. uh, encroaching uh, disappearance of our beaches. Maybe it's, right. um, I think sometimes music and recording was My Island and and it was seemed to be disappearing for a little bit uh, with that lack of inspiration. And, you know, My Island, I made so many memories there and all that. And, uh, yep. And so that might have been it. And, and also, you know, my dad, my dad used to have a, a very small little apartment or condo in the Bahamas. He had a very wealthy second wife. Who oh, I nice. Think owned the, huh? <laughs> that's what, What's that? That's the way to do it. Said, yeah. do it. <laughs> he, had a wealthy, he had a wealthy second wife, and I think she had a little place in the Bahamas. So some of those lines about, um, you know, playing with the boys in paradise, I remember running around with the kids. Right. Little Bahamian kids running around when I was young and playing and sword fighting with these big leaf branches and and also um, my dad and his second wife had a predilection for booze at that time and I remember there was nothing in the refrigerator but vodka and orange juice and uh, I was like seven but they did have maple syrup so I remember um, all that summer drinking maple syrup on ice and that was like Why as not? close. As 
you know, I could have just said, Dad, can you go buy me a couple of Cokes? But uh, that's what was in the fridge. So there's a line in there about, you know, drinking maple syrup on ice. And uh, yeah. (laughs) I like that. And I like, you mentioned Rupert Holmes in the Pina Colada song. I was just talking, I just realized the other day that Rupert Holmes wrote, do you know the song Timothy by the boys? It was a hit in like the early 70s. Was he in the buoys or he wrote it? I don't know if he was in it, but he wrote the song. It's about, you know, going out and having cannibalism, basically. Oh, yeah. The only, uh, the only, the only top 10 cannibalism song. (laughs) I actually, uh, somebody gave me that record for my 50th birthday. So it's funny. Yeah. What are they um, trying to tell you? <laughs> Timothy, Timothy. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, now, th- anyway, there's some kind of um, deluxe dinked, dinked edition of the record. Dinked, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So dinked is a cool thing that's a collaborative of uh, uh, ten or twelve independent record stores throughout the UK, uh, throughout Scotland and England, right. and. Um, they kind of band together and 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 they like to offer um, an edition that's only available at these twelve stores. And right. they get behind it, they push it, uh, they do advertisements, they place it, you know, on the on the end cap in their store, the famous end cap where you really had to, you know, get some payola going in the seventies to get that right in the front as yep, you yep. come in. So it's it's played a lot and they talk about it and they Instagram it and do all that. And they also, I think maybe kick in a little bit financially to help, um, get an, get extra tracks in some format, whether it's a, uh, uh, in this case, I did a bonus double seven inch and I did a, a dinked edition for the, uh, et cetera album, the last album that came with a bonus 12 inch of a few songs. So, um, they always do kind of deluxe, and different art to the regular version, colored vinyl variant that's different. Right, right, right. They try to do something musically that's, uh, you know, gives people a reason to buy this little limited edition. So um, it was three extra songs. Um, one is a cover by the of The Fall uh, called Wings. That's one of my favorite songs of theirs that I just recorded for the hell of it one day. Right, right, right. Um, there's... Uh, uh, a song called Jacuzzi Blues that's a, inspired by a friend of mine's story of his jacuzzi breaking down. And I thought, <laughs> what a rich man's problem that is. And uh, I hate when that happens. Sounds like a funny song. <laughs> uh, Plants was a new one. Oh, yeah, the plants. Yeah. I kind of like that quite, one. Me too. It was, it, it All about probably could have been. Yeah, it probably could have been, been on the proper record, but uh, it just didn't fit. Maybe it was a little too oddball. And uh, Steve and the Rats is uh, one that I used to, uh, when I was in Echo and the Bunnymen, I lived with Jez Wing, who was the, the keyboard player for the Bunnymen. And right. uh, he would always let me stay in his apartment in Liverpool. And we found that we had a we had a good songwriting. We could write kind of silly songs together very easily. I have about three or four people in my life that I found right. I can be like ween with you know and, right. and that's, that's a real major part of my personality that i don't always get to let out when i'm being serious so he and i wrote a, several funny songs and that was one of them He's a real, real
the rats for us was a kind of an Eddie in the Hot Rods or a, a sub Eddie, you know, a sub yep. band from that time. They were there, they were doing it, but they weren't good and no one really knew about it. And <laughs> and maybe, and uh, so I, I sent the song to Will Sargent from Echo and the Bunnymen and, and I said, hey, could you do a voiceover where you're like, you know, as you remembering this band, uh, Steve and the Rats. So he put a little voiceover at the end, you know, oh yeah, Steve and the Rats, I remember them. They were a bit shit, you know, something like that. So he's got a little voiceover on the end. And uh, so that was from just shot back from my Liverpool days. And that was just sitting in a hard drive and was like, this song's too good. So it needs to be put out. So that was where that ended up. Okay. Well, at least you can hear these songs on the streaming services, even if you can't get the I think so. Yeah, so with the yeah, Dinked Edition... I think edition, it showed up on something. Because it I did. It. it ended up on Spotify, and you know, I don't know if that was the plan, but there they are. And <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and the the 7-inch is available with the Dinked Edition, and you know, sometimes they sell out and sometimes they don't. I just don't right. know how that's done. But um, it's great because when you do the Dinked Edition, you also you do a 400 or 500 edition and they, it's like the Sub Pop Singles Club. They have enough people who yeah. are just interested in having those. Yep. They're guaranteed to sell out pretty much or sell a sure. lot. So it's great. It's just great for everybody because it spreads the word and and helps with sales. And, uh, and you know, it ended up getting in the record store charts in the UK <laughs> for a week. And, you know, because you've got this guaranteed sale. So right, right, uh, right. It feel, it, it's, it, it's cool. It's a cool thing. Excellent. Sounds like it's all happening. You know, I mean, in its own modest, small, modest way, it's happening. You know. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to take the big plane trip down here sometime. Bring the whole family along. Oh, know. I'd love to, Marty. I'd love do, to do the whole thing. I mean, I wouldn't love to, but I'd love to be there. <laughs> You'd love to get there, be here, but Once not get, I get there. there. I would be so happy. <laughs> oh man. All righty. Well, in the meantime. Have a good time over in the UK, and thank it's not you. Quite as far away, and uh, thanks for taking time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. It's great to and thank to you talk for taking time to talk to me, Marty. Yep. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to see you again.